You're listening to the Faith and Other Oddities podcast, brought to you by the Raven Creek Social Club, where we talk about faith and other oddities. For questions, comments, or to be part of the conversation, join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can find us at Raven Creek SC. Now for your hosts, Emily Dixon and Nathan Underwood. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Faith and Other Oddities. Um, this week is kind of special because we are doing the official 100th episode, and we've, we've <laughs> have been told it's a thing you're supposed to do. 100, you're supposed to have a, a special episode, and... We don't do special. <laughs> we, yeah, we, and we, well, we put a call out in the paddle store for what people wanted to, to hear or see for the 100th mm-hmm. episode, and the feedback we got was they wanted something... That was more personal, more uh, less less like a the Bible study stuff. Which you know we're gonna go back to that um, because that's what we we'll do. That's what we like to do, and we hope right. you're enjoying it. I guess if you're stuck with us, if you've stuck with us for a hundred episodes, you probably <laughs> um, you like it too. You're probably enjoying it as well. At least I hope so. Um, but when they said more personal, I'm not sure if they were wanting like. What what exactly they want? They want like our backstory. Um, I guess I should have clarified that. I've been a little busy with back to school. That's that's personal information. Yeah, and moving, <laughs> moving. Yeah, yeah. So um, they want to know that you obsessively wash your hands all the time. <laughs> yeah, let's not just list quirks and <laughs> habits, though. I think we should probably move past that. There's way too much we know about each other, <laughs> right? Uh, so, well, I mean, there's the, I mean. I think I, I, co- I think we covered a, some of this stuff in our first episode, just kind of some background on who we are. Yeah. Um, but for anyone who doesn't want to go all the way back to episode one, um, or if it's been a while since you've listened, um, Emily and I grew up in the same house, yeah. same parents. Um, yeah, two of them. <laughs> thus, we're siblings. <laughs> so um, you're the youngest. I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we got two between um, two sisters between us. Yeah, and. Then you got two girls. I've got two girls. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine are grown, thank yours God. Yours are grown. Mine are still in school. Um, so that's been quite an interesting experience. Um, but we just kind of, we just kind of both have just always been really curious about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've enjoyed it. We 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 grew up with it. I mean, we grew up in church, and saturated with just, it. <laughs> that was that was just the the culture. I mean, um, and then we just both kept having more and more and more and more questions. And so I was I was actually talking to um, the school I work at. We have a really interesting uh, Mandarin teacher. He teaches um, K through five Mandarin. Bless his heart. Yeah, and he's actually uh, he was visiting the U.S. before. Uh, before all the COVID stuff happened, and I don't want to tell too much of his story because it's not really mine to tell. But, uh, but then they got stuck here, and so he had to find a job. So he happened to talk to some people at the Confucius Institute over at OU, and they hooked him up with a job. I had no idea there was a Confucius Institute. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And he was he was talking. Uh, he and I were talking. He he asked about what I was doing this weekend. I told him we were recording, and I said it's kind of fun because basically it's a conversation. This kind of basically been going on for as long as we can remember. Oh, yeah. Um, we're just choosing to take an hour or so at a time to be more focused with it. Well, and, and you know, and I think that's maybe that's a little bit of the personal information because I can remember being kids and like us sitting in on the, one of the beds with like three different versions of the Bible open, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Strong's and dictionaries trying to figure things out back in the day when it was still controversial to have anything other than a king james right how <laughs> dare we and you and you know bringing in because i remember grandma had the time life mysteries book do you remember that book i i don't it, I, I didn't go through the library at grandma's as much as you did i was i was not really an avid reader until i got 
uh, kind of into college. Yeah, this is true. Well, this this book had like the, the Aztecs and the Egyptians and, you know, kind of the, the, the precursor to the ancient alien stuff. Sure, and, sure. And so I can remember like going through that and trying to reconcile these archaeological finds and the way they were being presented, you know, in a very sensational manner, which appealed to a teenager. Sure, sure. And how did that fit with the Bible? And I can remember us actually spending even a lot of time on Genesis 6 before we discovered anything like Heiser or any, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyone who taught on it beyond just the most basic stuff. And so we, we have been having this conversation, and for years it's not uncommon for us to call and talk to each other every day on the phone, sometimes for hours, just, well, I read this, or did you hear this article, mm-hmm. or did you? And that's basically been part of our DNA, but I I think that does come from the fact that mom's a Southern Baptist preacher's daughter. And so there was that, that value that was put on being religious and having Mm -hmm. faith and also having the forms of faith, which were appropriate for our culture or considered Mm -hmm. to be appropriate. But then we have this dad who is Navy and he had this way of breaking down situations wanting us to think, wanting mm-hmm. us to question, um, where mom was like, you know, go along with the flow because, you know, that's what Southern Baptist women were taught. And so you keep the peace. Right. And dad was very much, why are you accepting that? I mean, it wasn't that you shouldn't accept it and that you shouldn't be respectful. But understand why. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that really had a big impact. Um, even, I mean, I can remember reading novels and him asking us or asking me, do you know what you're reading? Mm-hmm. And really pushing that we look beyond the surface. And of course, this is a big one. Nothing with a laugh track allowed in the home. Right. At least right. when dad was home, <laughs> we watched those uh, covertly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and back to, back to the reading thing. That, that was one of the things that I mentioned. I, I was not really an avid reader uh, until college. And that was something because something is something a lot of people probably don't know about you is you read it like uh, 20,000 words a minute. And it's more or, 450, yeah. but okay. <laughs> Not that anyone's really counting, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and your retention rate is very high. Um, so growing up, I always thought I was a slow reader because <laughs> I couldn't read as fast as you. And that was part of the reason that I didn't really get into reading because I felt like it was just not my thing. Right. And so um, I did actually find out I am actually a slightly above average <laughs> reader. Uh, after I started getting into college and, and reading more, it just kind of was, you know, when you have, <laughs> when you have someone <laughs> who reads as fast as you do to compare yourself to. Well, and the fact we were homeschooled, so there was nobody else. There I mean. was no one. Yeah. The, <laughs> The, the field was a little skewed. <laughs> right. So, yeah, there wasn't a lot of people around. Yeah, that's another thing about us. We were homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so. always surprised at the people who are surprised to find that out. Well, I, especially people our age are surprised to find that out because it was less common when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. And typically, you know, your homeschool crowd was the, they tended to be the, the people who were isolating for extreme religious reasons. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or there was a, very much there, a paranoia was, about the world. Yes, and, and so it was. It was, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to put right. those people down because I mean, a part of our uh, the reason we were homeschooled mainly because the school district in our area was not very big, and mom and dad wanted us to be able to get a, a better education. Well, and we had a sister who has special needs, and then I was in the gifted program, and, and the school you know, was very much middle of the road, focusing on the, the mm-hmm. majority of the students, and they didn't have the resources to focus on either end of the spectrum. So it really became mom and dad's responsibility to, to make sure that we were educated. And, um, you know, it, it, it was a different time because it, it was so weird for us to be homeschooled uh, especially, you know, small town, Oklahoma, we grew up in a town of 600 mm-hmm. with eight churches. Um, <laughs> so was it eight? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Eight churches. So, you know, when we say we're from the Bible belt, we mean it. Right. Uh, yeah. the, <laughs> yeah. And, and I do think that because I, I think it, it kind of, you know, 
a lot of people do the homeschooling, which this isn't, I didn't mean for this to turn into like a lecture on homeschooling or anything, but a lot of people would do it because of the religious reasons. We started for academic reasons, but I do think even though we didn't go to like a, a fundamentalist Baptist church, mm-hmm. um, that we interacted with enough of those families. Mm-hmm. That I think some of that, uh, ideology kind of creeped into mom's perspective, uh, oh, yeah. it, it, during our upbringing. And it, it was never so extreme for us that that we never got cult-like about it. Right. I could still wear blue jeans. <laughs> right. And, uh, right. I, I kept my hair long because I wanted it long, not because I was forced to. Uh, yeah. You know, our younger sisters had shorter hair. So, um, yeah, we, we, we weren't kind of pressed into this mold uh, with, you know, we call them, called them the denim skirt squad. But, you know, because they were our homeschoolers in our area, they were the ones that we did. We got to go on field trips. We got to go skating parties. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, if you ever want to just have a ball, go roller skating to hymns. <laughs> yeah. I remember those days. I, I do remember those days. And then you have people who wouldn't go to the skating parties because they thought it was sacrilegious for us to play hymns while we were skating. Which was way too close to dancing. And I, <laughs> I, I look at this and I, and I, I, I don't think about that time a whole lot anymore. I do from time to time, but whenever I do think about it, I'm like, we just had a lot of people who were just way concerned about the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And I go, I, I just, I, you know, I keep thinking I, I am very grateful to have that experience mm-hmm. in some ways because I can empathize with a lot of these people that I see online and just kind of go, you're so close on certain things, but there's a lot of things that you just want to go, just, just come over. Let's, let's have a conversation. Let's have some space to ask the questions Mm -hmm, and to mm -hmm. explore different views. And, you know, maybe we'll learn from each other. And I do think that's where dad's influence really came in. Oh yeah. Because I think if we had not had him, I mean, dad had traveled the world. Um, dad had a lot of experience. Um, many of them we probably don't know about because you don't tell these stories to your kids. Um, but you know, I know about many of them. Yeah. Well, you were the boy. So, uh, there's, there's lots of things about dad's <laughs> days in the Navy that I wish I didn't. So we will, we'll, yeah, let's leave it we'll, at that. We'll leave it at that. But he, he didn't have, um, he had a sense of adventure. Let's put it that way. Let's yeah. frame it neg- uh, positively instead of negatively. And so there was a, an element where he did want to protect us from the evils of the world, but he didn't want us to be unable to function in it. Yeah. And I just want to make it clear. I don't have any <laughs> top secret information from dad's <laughs> days in the Navy. I'm going to put that out there so no one comes looking for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a the, whole other topic. <laughs> yeah. D- dad was in naval intelligence. Yeah. Um, so, worked in the Pentagon for a while. Yeah. So. Uh, and. and Mom said when they got married, he told her, he said, there are certain things that I have in my life that I have done, certain projects I've worked on that I can never tell you about. Are you, and he said, are you going to be okay with that if we get married? And she was. And as far as we know, he never did. So, you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions yes, there. Yes, we, we do have lots of questions about what he did and, and, yeah. and what he worked on. And part of me is like, do I really want to know or is it best if we just leave that I, where it is? It's a, it's a huge question, but you know, I, I think that's, that even plays into, I think, part of our, our view of God. I mean, because we were, we had to be okay with accepting that mysterious side of dad, because even though it wasn't spoken about growing up, it was still there yeah, and it was yeah. very present. And so I think that kind of actually helps us with viewing God as being above and beyond our comprehension. And, you know, I know a lot of people who have problematic uh, relationships with their dads and that it really translates into how they interact with God and their view of him. Mm-hmm. And so, and because dad was so big on us asking questions, that's one of the reasons why I think we're so free to ask questions of the Bible and to, to look at new and different perspectives. And so, and plus he always made sure we, we knew the most interesting people because of him. And there was a wide range of people that, and I think that helps us interact with people that aren't in a, just a certain niche of society. Right. And so, cause we've had, 
our paths have gone crazy in wild directions. Um, we haven't always just been in the church and, um, you know, the, these nice, clean-cut little Christians. We, we've, you know, we've had our time in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and we, we never, in part, I think the homeschooling uh, aspect really influenced us in the fact that we don't feel like we have to fit in to be happy. Right. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think every teenager kind of goes through a phase where it's like, I really want to be with, you know, not necessarily like the in crowd or the cool kids, but you want to, your crowd, your crowd. And I was always kind of that person who kind of floated between mm-hmm. a bunch of crowds. It was actually kind of funny because so the, the, the biggest town with anything to do near <laughs> where we grew up is Muskogee. Yes. The one from the song. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so it was kind of funny because there's, there's two major schools in Muskogee. There, well, there's three major schools mm-hmm. in the area. One's Fort Gibson, which is just across, basically it's a town just river. across the river from Muskogee. Um, then there's Muskogee High School and then Hilldale High School. Those are the three public schools in the area. And so it was really funny whenever people would meet me, they're, they're like, well, where do you go to school? <laughs> and they're like, they, well, they were always like, well, do you go to Muskogee High? I'm like, no. And they're like, do you go to Hildale? No. Do you go to Fort Gibson? No. But the thing is, like, I knew people from, so I was, <laughs> was kind of like this guy from nowhere. <laughs> uh, it was, it was kind of weird. See, and you had more of that than I did, but you also got your truck sooner than I did. Yeah. So yeah. you, you went around. I, because the other part of our, our history is we had family who were in ministry, like in all sorts of ministry roles in various churches. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. might go to functions at four different churches at any given time. And, it, you know, we were at my grandpa's church, my uncle's church, my other aunt's church, ma- the one mom and dad were attending. And so I, I think I think I uh, went to Falls Creek one year with three different churches on three different weeks. On three different weeks, yeah. <laughs> right. And and it was one of them was I went in Falls Creek is the big church camp in Oklahoma for people who don't know. And there was one So many w- Falls Creek jokes I'm not telling. <laughs> there there was one year that I went and then I came home and I mowed and then on Saturday I mowed all the lawns that I had to mow because <laughs> I, I did that for money. And then Monday loaded right back up and went back to <laughs> right back to church camp. I went twice in one year with two different churches. I think that's as many times as I went, but that was because I was going with grandma and grandpa and Aunt Naomi to help cook. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we did a lot of that. And because we we went to a lot of churches, we we got to know with people in all of these different youth groups and mm-hmm. and it there was a kind of a freedom in that. Um, but there was also a lot of pressure. Uh, I don't know if you felt it as much as I did because I got the, Oh, well you're the preacher's granddaughter or the preacher's niece. I got, I got some of that. Um, although I think being that mom was kind of a younger kid and I was the younger kid, there was a little more separation between people figuring out who I was. Right. And, that, yeah, that and there weren't. We didn't have as many big social things with the family as as there were when you were younger. Because mm-hmm. Uncle Earl and Uncle David had stopped doing the big youth go- youth group uh, parties right. on Fourth of July and mm-hmm. the big Halloween hay rides. You know, it was yeah it, that a lot of that had slowed way down by the time I got into high school. Yeah, because my my junior high high school years, I mean, it was just constant. There was there was something going on with somebody's church that I was going with, and, and I was always connected to leadership because our families did hold prominent positions. So there there was that that pressure. I think I tried. I signed a True Love Waits card at least four or five different times. Yeah, uh, and you know, was expected to do so because I was supposed to lead by example. And so that that was kind of a an interesting time in my life, which really made transitioning into adulthood. I, I don't want to say difficult, but dicey. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, and the more I think about it, the more it's kind of becoming apparent that you know everyone has a weird transition into adulthood. True. But yeah, it just seems like it's a little stranger a lot of times for the the church kids. Well, and I think. 
we, you know, we're in a faith where you're supposed to be introspective, where you're supposed to be taking, you know, uh, kind of a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, where you know, this inventory of, yeah. of what you're doing and who you are. And so there, there's that pressure. And, and I think it's a good thing to be introspective and to examine yourself. I mean, you don't want to get too far into it. Then it's just narcissism. But, right. um, but at the same time, I, I think that, you know, you and I tend to be th- people who try to be aware and that, that's part of our background and, and to be aware of ourselves. We don't always succeed. I should throw that out there. You know, there's, there's still blind spots. And so, you know, when people ask about our stories, I mean, we can look back. I, I can remember feeling bad in high school because I didn't have a great testimony. It, right. it just it seems yeah. no, so I get boring. That. Yeah. <laughs> because you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to have gone and done all these terrible things and, and just been this horrible rebel. And then God swoops in and this kind of de- modern day Damascus Road experience. And now you can be a great Christian. Um and, you know, we never, I felt like I'd been robbed of the opportunity by being raised in a functional household where our parents actually loved us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and then, you know, I, I tell people, don't ever pray for a great testimony. Just right. don't do it. It, it. It's like the stupidest prayer you can pray. So, um, yeah. And one of the people who asked you, well, I think the main person who asked for a personal experience, uh, you know, she's actually read Scandalous. So she, she got to hear kind of some of that experience with, um, you know, I, I followed the, the formula, the, the youth group formula. You make the list, you put down all the things you want in your future spouse, <laughs> and, you know, you check all the boxes, and, and you know, you, you do adhere to that true love weights commitment, and you're supposed to have this great and wonderful marriage. And I think a lot of people don't realize that in between that childhood, where we, what we were talking of, and, and where we are today, there was several years in there where I just flat out doubted whether God existed, whether he cared, um, you know, what great sin had I committed that he was going to, to punish me the rest of my life. Uh, I, I looked at a lot of different religions. I looked at a lot of different faith systems and, and tried to figure out, you know, what could I adhere to in good conscience? Because what I had learned in the church, I felt like I, I couldn't hang on to. And I actually had to go through a period of, you know, we, we hate using this term because everybody's using it, but it was a deconstruction. And it was, you know, tearing back a lot of ideologies, traditions. Yeah. But, you're, but here's the, the thing is, I, a lot of, you use the term deconstruction, but it was more, it was, it was, it was a reconstruction process more than a deconstruction process. Well, you know, you kind of had to explode everything first and yeah. then you put the pieces back yeah, together. Your, yours wasn't deconstruction based on, oh, I don't like the way the Bible presents this, that, and the other. Right, right. Yours was actually looking for the truth. Your, yes. Yours, yours was not trying to reconcile my sinful behavior. Yeah, or... <laughs> you, you weren't. Yeah, you weren't trying to 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 cheat the Bible out of saying what it says because there were things you wanted to do. Right, and I think for me it came back to trying to find that place. Could I believe that the Bible was trustworthy? Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of the things that I'm finding, and we talked about our homeschooling friends. A lot of our homeschooling friends who were our age, who who grew up and then they went to college, even Christian colleges, they lost their faith. Mm-hmm. because they weren't allowed to question and they weren't allowed to examine the Bible critically. And when they came up against, you know, arguments from people who didn't share their faith it, that, oh, well, here's where this verse contradicts this verse, or mm-hmm. here's where this translation is bad, or it, they didn't have any way to come back and say, how do I process this? And can I find resources where that is the one thing our homeschooling background, I think, gave us was we knew how to research. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, that, those were the skills that I brought back after, um, after my, my crazy time. I, I kind of feel like there's like four or five years in there where I kind of lost my mind. Um, but, you know, it, the beautiful thing was on the other side of this, I had tromped through my Bible and torn so much apart that as I came out the other side and I, I went to seminary, and I actually went to seminary because I had so many people go, Unless you know the Greek and the Hebrew, you can't really know what the Bible really says. And so I got mad and actually just called, um, started calling colleges and going, do you offer Greek and Hebrew on a master's level? Every 
single one of them said, well, have you tried ORU? And right. so I did not want to go up to ORU. There's some bad blood between our grandfather and Oral Roberts that I didn't know about until I was actually in ORU. Uh, that's a fun story. Maybe a Patreon special. But uh, that anyway, should be behind a paywall, I think. So, that's that's kind of personal family history. Yeah, but um, I get there, and I, and I really didn't even want to go. Um, and I was actually very honest on my application, uh, which made them not want to admit me at first. Uh, but I had really good scores, test scores. Um, and... I was fighting it tooth and nail not to go. And I even told God, I said, if I don't have a computer, then I'm not going to go. And I'm not going to buy a computer, so you need to give me one. And so I went to my first day of class because I thought, oh, I don't need a computer for the first day. I'll show up. I'll see what the, the whole game is about. Mm. Going through orientation, um, somebody said, was talking about the rules, and this presenter actually said, man, you, he was sitting with a guy when he was going through orientation. And the guy next to him said, man, you'd think with all these rules, we're in seminary. And the whole place laughed. And I realized, oh, I'm the person who didn't realize I just enrolled in seminary. <laughs> and I go down to the bookstore after this, and there's a guy who I'd been talking to in class, you know, just a friend. And I'm like, if you know anyone with a computer that they want to sell cheap or they just want to give away for free, let me know. Well, he'd actually just taken all these computers out of an office space he had, had them upgraded, their hard, hard drives wiped and all of that good stuff, just come by my house and pick it up. So, you know, I, I went to seminary not wanting to go to seminary uh, at the tail end of, of that process of, of examining all this stuff. And I came out on the other side going, wow, I can ask these questions, not only of my Bible, I can ask these questions of God, I can ask these questions of my faith. And I can be okay when I don't have the answers mm -hmm. because not everybody's going to have all the answers. And so I don't need to be that arrogant, but I can also say the answers I do have are really amazing answers and they, they, they confirm my faith. And that's one of the reasons why when we're, we're presenting, um, you know, I try, I, I never want to cover up when there's a problem with the text. Right. Right. I, I always, let, let's talk about where we contradict, where we find contradictions. Let's talk about where there's problems with translations. And, and let's be okay with that, because the, the fascinating part about the Bible isn't that God, you know, just suddenly downloaded all this information into these really smart men who, who just spit out this, this perfect document. Yeah. It's that he actually was brave enough and willing to risk enough to allow us as humanity to participate. Yeah. So, I mean, I, man, that was a whole tear, but. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah. Um. So that I'm not really sure where to go from there. It's well, you've spent years in the church. Uh, you kind of took a different, more practical, hands-on. Yeah, I did. Well, uh, I I kind of paired up with a lot of musicians and did some worship leading over the years. Um, kind of got to see the good, bad, and the ugly behind the scenes. The whole spectrum. Um, I actually have to to give a shout out. When I was in high school, I met this guy named Ted, and he was. I mean, he was, he was a musician. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, I'd worked with lots of people, I mean, who are kind of musicians, but there's, there's, I don't know, it's hard to really, it's hard to explain. There's like, there's people who play, there's people who are well studied. And then there's like the, the musicians, like right. that they, you can tell they get it, they feel it. They, it's just a different level mm -hmm. uh, of, of something. Right. And Ted was one of those people. And he, he wasn't just, he, he, he wasn't just someone who got up there and played just because he was a musician. You know, he was also a worshiper. Like he, mm -hmm. you could tell that he, he loved God, um, you know, and he had, uh, he had questions about faith that we, that he and I would discuss and, 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 and kind of wrestle through and, and. And I had questions about faith that we discuss and wrestle through, um, but he taught me a lot of practical things. Um, he taught me. Uh, he he was the first one to ever let me get in a studio and work on <laughs> recording. Um, Are any of those recordings still around? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> and the, I mean, Ted and I had a great time. I had a great time doing it. I guess, I guess Ted had a great time recording too because he put up he, with you he, lots of hours. He put up. Oh yeah. 
like I, I would spend Friday and Saturday night in his studio doing stuff. Like we, uh, it was just fun. And I, I loved working with him. I, I'm one of those people I like whenever you're working on a project, I want, I, I want to work with people who want to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to work with people who are prepared to be there. Right. And Ted ran a tight ship. Um, I learned a lot about communicating as a leader and, you know, it was stuff, you know, we had, for example, you know, we had practice or or rehearsal on Thursday night and rehearsal started at seven and by rehearsal starts at seven, that does not mean you show up at seven, right? It means you show up and make sure you have enough time to get your instrument plugged in and tuned up and Mm -hmm. ready to play with your sheet music organized the way you need it, <laughs> or I say chord charts, I don't read, actually read music, I, I can read chord charts, but that you were ready to go at seven. We were going at seven, and if you weren't ready, you just... Don't show you, up. <laughs> yep. If you're not ready by seven, if you can't be ready by seven, you don't get to play rehearsal, and you don't get to play Sunday. Now, now he was, I mean, but he wasn't inflexible and unreasonable. Right. You know, because... But that was just a rule. If if you let him know ahead of time, like, hey, Thursday, I can't make it. Um, if And if you were available and he was available, he'd run through everything at his house in the studio mm-hmm. um, on on either Friday night or Saturday morning. You'd iron stuff out. But one, one thing I loved about working with him is he could see that next step. Mm-hmm. Like, he could see... He, he could see the next step. He could see when someone was overreaching. Mm-hmm. He could, he was really good at arranging all the different instruments and speaking with the mindset of, okay, you're doing this, but your part needs to be this. And he could communicate it very clearly, very respectfully. I never felt like I was being disrespected whenever mm-hmm. he would uh, call me out for, overplaying or you know because that's something every young musician does you play too much and uh you have to learn to not play i mean whenever you're learning to play with a group that actually fits right in with with like learning to teach because you can teach too much oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and and that's kind of the luxury here is there's really not a too much because we have however much time we need but yeah it it does it's kind of it is kind of like teaching because or writing or you go, Oh, I can include, Oh, look at how much information I can display right here. But it's like, well, only a third of it is really helps my case, you know? Right. Uh, But that's kind of how it is with, uh, with playing, you know, sometimes you just need to play a whole note and let it ring. Right. You know, it's, and, and it particularly, cause I was playing bass for him Mm -hmm. and I was used to playing guitar. So I, I, I'm, I loved what I learned, just being able to go, no, scale it back, mm-hmm. scale it back. And there's still things I'll do in the studio and I'll record. It. I'm like, man, that sounds so good, but it doesn't help the song. So you cut it and you scale it back. And so, well, um, you know, I've, I've cut out, I actually, there was one song I was having such a good time recording it. And, uh, I don't know if I'll ever get to release any of it, but, um, but, you know, I just like to play around in the studio and I, I was doing this and I cut probably 90 seconds out of a guitar, <laughs> like a, just a, just an instrumental part. I was like, yeah, it's fun. But man, after the, you know, after the first 35 seconds, you're kind of, you got the idea, you know, you realized you weren't better. <laughs> well, no, it's no, no, it's, it's not even that it, it was just kind of. It's like I said, it sounded good. It was just, I had, what it was, I borrowed somebody's guitar to do this part and the, the guitar, this guitar sounded so good, but it's like, that's the only, only the kind of thing like a guitar player was really <laughs> going to pay attention to like, oh, this is a really good tone. You know, it, it, that, and I just kind of got caught up doing that. So I just was like, you know what? We don't need this middle section and so, slapped it all together. So Nathan is the one who's called the musical ability in our family, just in case anyone was asking, cause it's funny to me, you, you may not realize this, but a lot of people just assume that I play because you play. Hmm. And so, um, I am rhythmically challenged. So that doesn't happen, but Nathan, actually you learned to play on the beast, uh-huh. an oh, old yeah. 
$40 guitar. Oh yeah. That was when it was actually the, the before, uh, our grandpa Underwood died. So two I, weeks before, was it two weeks yeah. before that? He, I, I knew it was in there somewhere near. Um, but, uh, I, I did all kinds of odd jobs and we had gone to get, uh, you needed coveralls is what he decided. Yeah, he, he decided I needed some coveralls and one of our aunts had found some on clearance and bought them and grandpa was going to just give me the cut. Co- like he was going to go pick them up from her and give them to me. And we stopped at this flea market on the way and there was a, this this guitar, it was 40 bucks and I, and I, and Worth I had, every penny. <laughs> and I had, I had a, I had a $40 check at home that mom had, mom was going to the bank that day and she was going to cash it. And I told grandpa, I said, I've got $40 at home if you'll loan that to me. And so he let me have the uh, 40 bucks till I got home and I paid him back. And, but that guitar for, for any of you guitar players, you know, the action or the, the string height for you non-guitar players, the, 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 it's like a quarter inch away from the fretboard at, at oh, up, up at the nut by the headstock. I mean, this thing was just terrible. And But you didn't know any better. But I didn't know any better, <laughs> and I was determined I was going to learn to play guitar. And so I, I, played the, I played on that for close to a year, saved up some more money, bought a, a Fender uh, acoustic which is really not that much better than the one I had, but it was much <laughs> easier to play, that's for sure. And so, and I played that thing for years and years and years, and then then I had a Takamini, which was a nice guitar. It was the Koa edition. Mm-hmm. Beautiful figured back, on, uh, a beautiful figured Koa back. Uh-oh, uh, I've set him off on the guitar path. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I can talk. I can talk guitars as as long as we can talk uh, religion. And then I then I uh, came across a couple breed love acoustics. I've got one that's uh, got a rosewood back and sides, and one with mahogany. So got kind of a nice. They blend really well when you're playing different parts. So it's got a great. And he can tell the difference in all the tones and everything. And I'm like, oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually do better with the music when I am with you because you point out all the things I need to pay attention to. Whereas, you know, I'm just, oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, so we, we yeah, so I, I did that. I played, let's hear, play, I've played in several churches. I've done a lot of fill-in gigs. Um, if anybody, uh, if anybody is listening from like any of the, uh, praise and worship groups. Um, Dave Dolphin is uh, in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. I've filled in for him a few times. I, if if you're in the Oklahoma City area and you're looking for a church to be part of the praise team, uh, maybe talk to them. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe talk to Dave at some point because working for him is almost almost as good as working for Ted. Um. <laughs> It's one of the easiest gigs if you know your parts before you get there. Um, they do everything to Ableton. They have the the little voice that tells you cues up each each part. Um, so it's easy, easy gig. Uh, Dave's a great guy to work with. He's fun to chat with. Um, so yeah. But um, I was part of a church down in Deep Ellum too. I never I never played on their praise team, but that was a fun one too when I was down in Dallas. Um, that it was one of the first churches in Deep Ellum, and because of the local laws, there was a law that kept that that prevented a bar opening within so many yards mm-hmm. of a church. Well, the thing is, that goes both ways, right? Um, so when they opened, they had to um, they actually called it a community center that happened to have a church that met in it on Sunday morning. <laughs> Because legally they couldn't do it, and just the church's presence, the city was seeing such a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they weren't just meeting on Sunday morning; they were actually they had after-school programs uh, for the local kids. They had some local businesses that rented some of their office space mm-hmm. to help cover the for the property expenses. 
um, there was a coffee shop that was open seven days a week to serve the community and give people another place to sit down. And mm -hmm. they had their own parking lot, so people could go <laughs> there and and uh, have coffee without having to pay two parking fees, mm -hmm. you know, one for work and one for the coffee house, you know. Um, so th there was a lot of outreach going on. And, and because of what they were doing there, they actually got that law overturned. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. Mm -hmm. They were. I, I got to go down a few times and, and visit while you were there. Um, yeah. And they had an art gallery. They would do mm -hmm. art openings, um, which was really cool. It was great walking through an art gallery uh, <laughs> on your way to church. Um, that was. We that need was nice. more art in churches and we need more supportive artists. And that can be like a whole episode in and of itself. Um, oh, yeah. Because. Well, we'll probably get there. Yeah. And, you know, it's. I can remember like going and being part of some of the the things there because even when you lived in Dallas, like I would go down every few months and spend a weekend or what have mm -hmm. you, and uh, that was kind of a little mini break. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun, and then of course you moved here and to Norman and with the church plant and with. Yeah, that that was before I moved to Dallas. Yeah. yeah. But. Yeah. We kind of set down some roots here that kept calling you back. Uh, I think her name was Mickey. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, well, we had, well, we had, that's the, I don't know if I want to get into all that story, but the, the short version is we had dated, then we split up and I moved to, to Dallas. She moved to Austin. Then we got together and while we were and while we were engaged, she got a job offer back up here. So I, I was like, you know, I can, I can find work anywhere. I don't, you know, I don't have a degree or specialty. So, I mean, I kind of, I kind of have some specialties, but nothing that makes money. Right. So. Know the feeling. And so that puts, you know, that puts us about three hours apart. So the, that makes visiting just inconvenient enough that we have to actually plan it. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> If it was just a little closer, it it would be okay. And uh, of course, I'm always like, you know, move my direction because I'm in green country where things are actually green and we have more coastline than the eastern seaboard with all of our lakes. Um, you not so much. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> over on the edge of the flatlands. Who over. wants to live on the flatlands? <laughs> well, you know, there there is the college town here. And the I'm rest in a college town? We've got better restaurants. Okay, I will give you that, and that's part of the reasons why I don't mind driving up to record. With the exception of Magic Walk in Muskogee, there's nothing else like that. Okay, and for those, this is like one of those little dive restaurants. It's in an old Sonic, so like the seating area is itty, itty, bitty. And um, Mr. Steve, who owns it, uh, barely speaks any English. Well, he does speak English, but it's very broken English, yeah. and his wife's the same way, and so it's always fun trying to, to converse. But they know how to feed you. Oh my and goodness! And to feed you well, the curry chicken. Yes. Yes. Every um. <laughs> everything I've had from there has been amazing. So we will be bribed with food. If y'all guys haven't picked up on that already, <laughs> I, I will do a lot of things. I don't want a Klondike bar, but I will do it for many other types of food. So you have a lot of options. <laughs> yeah, we we are big food fans. Um, that is actually, it, whenever, I think I've mentioned this, but whenever Mickey and I go on vacation, people are like, what are you going to do? I'm like, we're going to eat here. And then we're going to sleep. Eat, and then we're going to eat there. <laughs> we might take in a museum or something, but we're, our, our main goal is food. Uh, yeah, I was actually, uh, I was uh, talking with Vivian, uh, who I've mentioned before from the paddle store. She's great. And she said something about if I ever make it to Europe and visit that I need to, you know, make sure that we get to meet, which mm -hmm. obviously, of course, if, if. I get to your area of the world, by all means, I'm going to try to meet you if we've got some kind of connection. But, you know, my next question is, what are you going to feed me? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, uh, the, the, that's, the, that's the big thing because um, food, man. But that's actually going to tie in with our next episode. And we're going to talk about the importance of food and, and actually experiencing the world with your senses and how that is part of honoring God's creation. And see, we can always bring it back around to a biblical. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always a tie in, but yeah, I've, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that kind of keeps me here that Mickey has a Mickey and I both have a great workplace. Right. Um, she's getting to do what she loves to do. I'm getting to work at a place where there's not a ton of stress mm -hmm. um, and it pays pretty well for what it is. And you know, it's, it's, 
and I have a great crew to work with. That's the other thing. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I work at a school. It's mostly teachers. Most of those people are married with kids. I, there's not a lot of drama like it would be on a lot of the warehouses I've worked right. at and a lot of the, <laughs> the retail <laughs> customer service places I've worked at where there's, you know, you know, no offense to people who are between 18 and 30, but there's They're great one-on-one in masses is when there's, there's a problem. There's <laughs> just a lot of drama when in that age level. It's just, it, there just is. I mean, it, it, but you know, when you get a group of people where most of them are married with kids, they're, they're, they're too exhausted to have drama. <laughs> they're dedicated to their jobs. Yeah. There's just not much drama. Um, that's one of the things I really do love about my job is that, that we all get to, we all get along and respect each other. Oh, well, that reminds me of a question that somebody had asked me. Um, Uh-oh. yeah, I, because, uh, you've talked about your job and people want to know what I do. And so, uh, I have worked retail. I used to sell tools and hardware and lawn and garden equipment. That was fun. I actually kind of miss that. I have bartended. That was actually probably the most fun job. I did that my last semester of seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, every day there was a conversation about faith on that job. Every day. I got to present the plan of salvation uh, several, several times. And it was never forced. And so I, I really appreciated that. I went from that job. I actually taught in the Christian Ministries Department at a local college. And now I uh, was a, well, and then after that, I was a volunteer uh, park host for the Corps of Engineers, Mm -hmm, lived mm -hmm. in a camper on the park. And now basically I run and do things for my family, Uh, help take care of mom. We have a sister who with special needs, Uh, got my daughter, then I've got a granddaughter with special needs. So there's, there's a lot of, a lot of family obligations that I take care of. And then the rest of the time I devote to trying to dig out more nuggets for the podcast. So I forget that people want to, I mean, what do I do? I I sit in my camper and I read books. I mean, that's what I do. You go on hikes and take nature pictures and post them on our Instagram. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's, you know, there's other things in there, but uh, my husband, he, he works a lot of times he's out of town or even out of state. And, um, so I get to, to devote a lot of time, like, you know, th- that sweet spot for me is between 9 p.m. and 3 a.m. That's when the most work gets done. And so I get to do that when he's gone, uh, not so much when he's at home. But uh, that's, that's me. And you know, I've got, like you said in the beginning, I've got two kids and uh, two grandkids now. And mm-hmm. those are the best things ever. And that's why I'm not moving up this direction. Uh, as one of my friends said, they've got magnets in their belly. Little grandkids do. They, they keep you <laughs> drawn back to them. So, yeah. yeah. yeah Maybe I, eventually you can all move this way. Maybe. If you, go, if you go kind of that way, for those of you who <laughs> don't know which way the camera's pointing, I'm pointing kind of southeast of here. There's some, I there's need, a few hills. Yeah, I need some hills and some trees, some water. There, there's a lake over there. I know there's a lake over there, but can I build on the lake? That's the... <laughs> I well, need the water. Probably. Yeah. Nathan's not the outdoor person that I am. Uh, so he doesn't like the bugs and the bugs don't like him. The bugs so. do not like me. No. Yeah. I just put up with it. You should see all the itch medicine I have just to <laughs> take care of my feet. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's property. You, you can find something. There is. There <laughs> is. But, you know, green, green, like all and year. Restaurants. <laughs> But you know, I went green all year, not just like, you know, the beginning of spring. <laughs> just water your place from a private well. You'll be fine. Yeah. You know me, that, that would get forgotten. I'd be like in the middle of doing a book study and then realize that my place was burnt up. So anyway, <laughs> have we told enough personal information? I don't know. I don't know exactly how long people were expecting us to talk about ourselves, but I don't know what else really to talk about. Well, uh, okay. Here's. We are not good at planning special events. Uh, we don't like board games. We don't, <laughs> we don't do normal party games. Our, our favorite thing in the world is to sit down and just talk. Yeah, I, and what's, what's funny is I don't like card games, but I love playing poker with people who <laughs> like to play poker. Um, I'm not great at it. But it's one of those things I can do and still carry on a good full conversation. 
something to do with your hands while you yeah and and i know i know this is gonna i'm gonna say something controversial here you say something offensive i don't like settlers of Catan. (laughs) that is like the big is it still the big thing with youth groups well it's not just youth groups it's like apparently that's like the the thing to do among church crowds or at least it was last time i looked into it but you know if i if i want to you know trade wheat (laughs) i'll put 50 bucks on a commodities trade or something i you know it just i it does not appear appeal to me there's okay. i see your settlers of Catan, and i raise you bunko i don't even know what that i know it's a dice game like it's, right i raise you scrapbooking that sounds that does sound worse yeah so yeah no that's this is the other reason why sometimes we have a problem we are not good with social graces uh, I mean, we we're, we can be respectful in in polite society. Sure, yeah. We know how to conduct ourselves, but then there there comes like this level where we go, done paintball. <laughs> you know that sounds like fun, but every time somebody has asked me to go, it's been like the winter, and they want to go at like three in the morning. Neither of us do cold. That's that's another big thing. So yeah, we... I'm like three in the morning. <laughs> I should be under a blanket. That's the only place I need to be. Um, this is why I haven't gone deer hunting with like, anyone. That's exactly why I haven't done it either. I'm just like, why are you getting up that early? I mean, Cold and wet. Forget it. What, we're out. What doesn't make sense, <laughs> the paintball especially doesn't make sense because it's like, are your friends out of season later in the day? <laughs> Do they, they run off? I, I don't know. It's like, you know, the deer kind of makes sense. You need to find a place where they're at and kind of camp out and wait. And, but... I'm sorry. I'm going to go hunt your friends. That's great. And then now my, my question is, do you hate your friends so much that you need to infi- inflict pain on them to retain yeah. the equilibrium in your relationship? Now, if we want to go target shooting, I'll go target shooting. Love that. That's fun. But I want to do something that doesn't involve running or hiding <laughs> or being really quiet for a long time. Unless it's on your couch <laughs> or and yeah well and even then usually i'm like probably like watching a show or <laughs> yeah or reading or or doing both at the same time because yeah we get that weird attention span where yeah i do i do a lot of uh editing while i watch star trek so if there's a mistake it's because something interesting was happening on the <laughs> well i mean i'm watching i'm watching deep right now okay so i've seen everything up to deep space nine i've seen probably five or six times Mm -hmm. you know so to me it's like right now i'm going through deep space nine for like well probably the fifth time but (laughs) yeah once i found out it was on netflix it was like well i guess i know what i'm doing anytime i have free time um so that background noise I, I do the same thing. It's like I did a lot of my notes. I had NCIS playing in the background. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite podcasts is Mission Log. Uh, it's a Star Trek podcast. Which I still haven't listened to, but you, you've recommended several <laughs> times. Guys, I like Star Trek, but you really like Star Trek. I really Star Trek. like Star yeah. Trek, yeah. And... and and comic books, I love. I, I haven't been able to keep up with comics in forever, just because it, the it just adds up price wise, yeah, and time wise. But I, uh, huge fan of the X Men. Huge fan of well, I was looking all to, of our stuff. I'm is looking gone. for the bookshelf. <laughs> it's not there anymore. It's so weird. I was gonna look and see what else I had up there. Uh, Fables. That was a fun one. I did, yeah, because you let me borrow that one, so that was that was fun. So yeah, but that's those are kind of some things. That, actually, comic books helped me become a better reader because um, I was told growing up that if you start a book, you have to finish it before you can <laughs> read the next book, and that's you know apparently that was a rule. And so I would start a lot of books and get bored, and then move, and then just. I, then I'd see another book that I would want to read, but I wouldn't start it because I hadn't finished that other <laughs> book, you know? And then um, I found out, I, so when I was in late high school, early, early college, I started reading a lot of comics and I would go down to 
the local Hastings mm-hmm. uh, and read everything they had. That There wasn't a comic book store in town, so I just read whatever they had at Hastings. Did a whole lot of loitering in high school. <laughs> and um, There's not much else to do in small town Oklahoma. That's, that's true. I mean, I could run down to the Sonic. Deer hunting. Deer hunting, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and so I was, you know, comics work pretty slow. You get 30 pages every 30 days. And so I would do... I was reading like all these different titles and I was like, I'm keeping track of all this. Why don't I try this with books? And that actually, I can get through a book faster if I'm reading four different books, because Mm -hmm. if I get bored with one, I just go to a different one. Right. And so that's was. That's actually how I write. That was how I read. (laughs) That's how I learned to become an actual productive reader. That's necessarily productive, but. That's how, that's why none of my, my writing projects are finished, though, because I write until I'm bored or I get stuck with a plot line. And then I yeah. go because, yeah, we still get books that we've got to get out. That's that's yeah, one of I, our I've plans. Got, I do. Yeah, that is one of the plans. I, I have a book on worship that I need to get out. I need to I need to read through it. I probably need to revise some stuff, actually. <laughs> Things that you've learned. Since. Yeah. That's the problem with books. Once they're there, it's like, oh, man, I was so stupid. I thought that. And I, mean, I feel like I that was scandalous. Well, um, and, and that's just kind of. You know, I think every writer feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's, I don't know. Is that enough about it? I think, you know, I, I do think, uh, you know, I've, I've got some, I, and I, I don't have a ton. I actually have, I have some really good ideas. I just haven't had a, a chance to work on them. I've got one fiction that I'm in the middle of. I've got one that I've almost completed that I, like I said, I probably need to do a couple of revisions mm-hmm. on. Then I've got, two others that i've started that are also about worship but a different take on it so mm-hmm. i'm i need to get back into those and and crack those back open and see where i'm even well, at with them maybe you know maybe once you get into the new house and i keep thinking because we're also kind of on the house hunt right now mm-hmm. uh, i keep thinking when i get into a house and have more space uh because we just, when my sister needed help with my mom and everything, we just moved the camper over to my sister's place. So we've been through all of the COVID stuff mm-hmm. with my husband not working. There's been two of us, two cats, a dog, and a 26-foot camper. So right. um, there's not space to breathe. You have almost a dog. Almost a dog. Let's be honest, okay. that's not really a dog. Well, he's not really my dog, too. And I always want to make that clear. This is my husband's dog. Somebody dumped a tweenie when we were in the park. And I was going to, I've got a friend who does rescues. I was going to take him to her. And um, the dog jumps out of my arms and into my husband's lap, does this little wiggle thing up against his chest. And I'm like, oh, we got a dog. I mean, it was just like, (laughs) I hate it. So, uh, you know, he's cute sometimes. But, you know, what furry critter isn't? Yeah. One day I'll have a real dog, and that's what I'm looking forward to, because, yeah. Anyway, I guess that's a good enough place to end the show, <laughs> making fun of the Chewini. Yeah. So, yeah, I, he made an appearance on the video last week. Oh, yeah, week. he's, yeah, he's yeah. the one. Oh, yeah, and sorry about last week's audio quality. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. That was actually my fault. I thought I had turned the air conditioner off. Evidently, I didn't. So, so. yeah, we... We don't do a ton of editing here, and even what I had to do for the video mix, that was about to put me over the edge. So, <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully we can keep it where I can keep coming back up here because yes, it makes life that easier. has to happen. <laughs> it has to happen. So we've, we've got to get that uh, ironed out because editing goes so much faster when you're actually here. Yeah. And considering basically I just edit for whatever noise I can with that air conditioner that I need to get with. Uh, Josh, Josh cleaned yeah. it up. I need to get that one posted and figure out what it was he used because I have not had a lot of time to study the latest recording methods and programs and everything that's out Seems there. Seems like Josh is very knowledgeable. But um, yeah, because most, most of my studio knowledge in all reality is about 10 years out of date, which that's like light years away from where we are right now. So. And light years from where I ever thought about beginning. So, so anyway, but I, I think that's a good. Uh, Sure. If people wanted to know about us, um, now they know a little bit about us. Maybe more than they wanted to. <laughs> Who knows? Um, <laughs> I I am ready to, uh, but I'm ready to wrap up and let's uh, let's record. Well, now we'll get back to doing something about the Bible. Yeah, we're actually going to be looking at Rosh Kadesh, uh, kind of a really interesting holiday that I don't think a lot of people know about. So. I'm excited because I had a lot of fun digging into that one. So, you know, 
come back. We'll talk about the Bible. We're going to talk about some traditions and different things. It, it, yeah. I think it's going to be a fun episode. Yeah, it'll be good. So uh, I guess we'll see everyone. I, my plan is to go on ahead and just release 101 after this in case people want a weekly study fix. Well, right. We're going to have two episodes today. That's there, part of what There's the special part. There's the special part. So <laughs> when you're done with this, we'll see you in a couple minutes. Bye. Bye. Oddities Podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you've heard, please write us a review on iTunes or consider supporting us on patreon.com slash ravencreeksc. As always, thank you for listening and don't forget to join us next week.